Blog Talk Radio. I'm a Gubalato, I'm a Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the 800 pounds of Gorilla Funk in the room. That's from the Groovelados. Yes, yes. You're now listening to Blacktopia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio, the biggest colored show on earth. The biggest colored show on earth. Not the minstrel show. This show. With your host, Bob of the Country Clean Lady, Adrian Charleston the Butterfly, 
And I'm just some guy named Jay, the guy and the moderator. Blacktopia Roundtable Talk Radio is the number one live stream dedicated to assimilating black folks from all walks of life, teaching and preaching the importance of economic empowerment for our people, and showcasing the talents and abilities of black people across the globe. This is also the number one blog talk radio show, which I believe, now, now, now which, which I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe it, is not hosted by a convicted felon or a conspiracy theorist wacko or a closeted lesbian, but hey, <laughs> we're going to put on a great show just as good as all those people too, so listen up. Tonight's main topic is sexual assault. Yeah, just sexual assault. That's the topic. And also joining us is our guest, Alicia Melton of Sunshine Black Rose Publications. She's going to talk all about that, their business and all, because Barbara the Country Clean Lady will put our guest in the hot seat and interrogate her like a cop. And then after that, the guest will join us for the topic discussions. But before I get into all that, I just want to let everyone know you can check us out at www.blacktopia.org. And you can also download and install the Blacktopia mobile app on iTunes, Amazon.com, and BlackBerry World. Now, if you have an Android phone, go to Black Vibes or go to Amazon.com. That's if you got an Android, all right? Because uh, I know a lot of y'all been asking about that. And, and thank you, Tammy Thomas. If you listen, I know you listen religiously. Thank you for putting up that link in the Blacktopia Facebook group for all those that wanted to download the app on the Android and couldn't find it. Thanks for putting that, that up there. All right. And I also want to let y'all know that we're having a Blacktopia game and greet. Yes, yes. Uh, it's located, it, we, we held at the Lucky Panda, and that's uh, Panda spelt with a nine instead of a P. You know, backwards P, it looks like a nine. In Charlotte, North Carolina, located at 2610 Clemson Avenue. That's 2610 Clemson Avenue, off the plaza. And uh, if you like, uh, you know, come through. It's a big networking event for all us Blacktopians. And you can play the game for play games for cash prizes such as sweepstakes games, skill games, fish games, all of that. You know, uh, so come on out to Lucky Panda. And our guest tonight will be also one of the featured special guests that we'll have at the event. So definitely come on out. All right, and y'all quit inboxing me and call the show. <laughs> People, yeah, y'all be doing bar. Y'all in a box me already. Let's cut that out. Just listen to the show. Okay, let me go on ahead and bring on the host. Okay, pardon me. One second. Babs, how you doing? Hello, boss. I'm doing fine. Uh-oh, that's not the sound effect we needed. What? Okay, the sound effect ain't working right. That'll work, yes. <laughs> Let's go on ahead and uh, bring on the butterfly flow. Yeah. Uh-oh. I mean, not uh-oh. Hey. Adrian Charleston. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Okay, there, that, that, those work. 
All right. Also, uh, this is this is your this is your last show for the year. Oh. Yes. Yes. I need I need a break. The yeah the the day change messed with me more than I thought it would, and that I would miss too many, and I didn't want to keep saying I was gonna be there and then have to do other stuff. But I have too much too many things on Thursdays, so we'll see. I'll try to work it out better over the next uh, two months and see what I can work out for Thursdays. That's all. <laughs> Definitely. So yeah, but uh, but in the meantime, we're gonna have uh, Nikki Brown. You know, circa 2009, she's going to fill yes. in every now and then. Yeah. And she's ready to do it. Good, good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now let's go on ahead and bring on the uh, the guest. Yes. Alicia Melton. Hey, guys. How y'all doing tonight? We're just doing a show. Now, Now, uh, letting everybody know this is how we do it. We sit the guest in the hot seat and barber the country clean lady will interrogate her like a cop. At 9.35, we'll take your calls. Just press 1 if you're streaming from your phone, and I'll shout out the number a little later if you're streaming on the link. Uh, and then after that, around 10 o'clock, we take a break. We'll play some songs. We'll play some commercials. Then we'll come back. I have the old church lady announcements. Then Adrian Charleston has Butterfly Flow. After Butterfly Flow, we get into our topic of sexual assault, and, uh, and then we'll take some more calls during that as well, and that's our show. So, Alicia Melton, are you ready for this? Uh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> All right, let's do this. All right. For those who don't know, this is Alicia Melton, Sunshine Black Rose of Sunshine Black Rose Publications. So congrats on your published work because I was just finishing reading um, She Is and I really like that. Um, and for the publishing company because I hope everything is going well with that. My um, first question to you is why the name Sunshine Black Rose? Okay, this is how Sunshine Black Rose came about. Um, initially, one of the first poems I wrote was called Black Rose and it was saying that... Um, I was looking at myself as a black rose, which was like, um, it's a Bob Marley song and also a gospel rap artist named Lecrae made a, um, used kind of like Bob Marley song to make a song about black rose. And it's about how basically, um, a black rose is still a rose, is still beautiful, even though it may not have had the sunlight it needed to have or grow in the best of conditions as roses, but it's still a beautiful rose. Mm-hmm. And, um, then the sunshine part came in from, um, Actually, some names, a couple of friends in uh, the poetry world of mine kind of gave me saying, you know, sunshine or whatever, somebody. Uh, once I became a happy person, you know, I started to smile a little bit more, and they said, you know, my smile looked like sunshine. So I didn't want to take mm-hmm. the black rose away, so I put them together as sunshine black rose. Okay. What inspired you to start the company? I mean, you know, with everything being risky economically, because I'm going through it too, what inspired you to start Sunshine Black Rose Publications? Well, when I um, self-published my first book um, and I did all the work and the research and finding how to publish and how to become a publisher and um, did some research, talked to some um, actual publishers, I decided I wanted to help other people be able to do what I did on my own because it's a lot of work and it's hard. Mm -hmm. And um, knowing a lot of people, a lot of authors, um, 
I used to be a black talk host radio. Uh, so I used to interview a lot of authors and poets and things like that, and people wanting to create their books. So I wanted to be able to have an avenue where we could actually have people that are somewhat self-published, but they have a publisher backing them to help them to do it um, with the spirit of what I consider excellent. Um, we have a lot of people out here that's popping up with publishing companies, a lot of people popping up with self-published books. And um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say this, um, people may take it the wrong way, but I'm still saying <laughs> anyway. We have a lot of people mm-hmm. putting out books, but they're not, uh, they're not quality work, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people just thinking they can create space and just, you know, put something together, you know, print some pages and then just, you know, post a little picture on the front of it and pop out a book. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm all about it. If you want to do it, let's do it right. And you can still do it right for, you know, a decent amount of money without breaking your pocket. You know, but right. if you if you if it's worth something, you can, you have to put money into something in order to get money out of it. So you know, so I want to help educate our black folks that hey, we got to sometimes put money into our stuff, and if we want to do something, let's let's handle it and do it right. That's right, mm-hmm. girl. Here's my next couple of questions to you right here. Do you agree? Because I saw this looking over um, most of the research and getting into not just your own poetry, but looking at the other artists. Do you agree with mm-hmm. the term? starving artists? Because, I mean, are these the type of people that your company give an opportunity to? Yes, it is, actually, because I've seen it. Um, I know people that also do publishing companies that are helping people with self-published books. And my thing is I'm going to help a starving artist. Even though it's a company, my main thing and my passion and my purpose on earth is to help other people realize who they are and reach their destiny and reach whatever mm-hmm. it is that God gave them to do. So I do that in many different genres, not just with publishing, but with a radio show, all kind of other areas. But um, so yeah, it's about the starving artist. Um, we have packages just for um, each person's specific needs, and not trying to break the bank at all on anybody. And with that, basically, you can take a small amount of money and come out with a product that is mm. like a Stephen King book. Like I want people to have a book that when you publish it, you can't tell. You can put that yearbook next to Stephen King's book, and people can't tell that you kind of self-published or came from a really tiny, small publishing company versus, you know, his big company. That's right. my goal. Okay. Well, explain the importance of literacy and writing to an artist that submits rough drafts to you to be proofed. Oh, goodness. Um it's very important. Yeah, yeah, go there, because, see, this is Literary Month. You know I was ready to hit you, because I kept telling him. But explain to everybody the importance of that, especially even um, if I'm just submitting to you a, a rough draft of proof. What is the importance of knowing how to read and understand what you're writing? That is that is extremely important. Another thing that we need to get out to our people is that, you know, you can have an ideal, but you still need to educate yourself on the English language and what writing is. We all have ideas. We all can write. You know, we can all write on a piece of paper. But to actually be mm-hmm. a writer, you have to understand what that means. What is a writer? That's right. How do you, you know, how are you able to just take your characters or your words and make someone else feel it? If that's not your goal, you need to write. If you write for yourself, just write for yourself and keep it to yourself. You know what I'm saying? So that is so mm-hmm. very important. And I'll give you an example. I've had a couple people that I've worked with over the last couple months since I made, um, went a little bit more public with the publishing company. And um, mm. a lot of people like to write, but they don't pay attention to <laughs> to writing <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. putting their stuff together. Or, you know, even, you know what I've also learned is that we don't even know how to actually turn in um, 
a rough draft or a manuscript yep. to get your book. Most people don't even know how to do that. The people that I have worked mm-hmm. with don't even know what that is. So if they were to go to some of these other companies, they would automatically get shot down because they don't even know what it is to turn in a manuscript. They just have stuff wow. that's written here and written there, and they want they just mm-hmm. want to send it all to you. And you pretty much are putting their books Cliff together. Cliff notes for is it. what they call it. Cliff notes. They yes, they don't understand yes. the difference between a rough draft and a cliff note. And I mean that's <laughs> that's what I was pretty much asking you. So what do you do with those? I mean, because especially if it's if it's our own black folk, you don't want to discourage. But what do you do with those rough drafts that you get that are less than fair? I mean, and what do you do with the artists? Do you try to correct them and tell them, go back and do it again and, 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 and resubmit? Or, you know, what do you do with them? I have done, I have done both. Um, I, have, well, I have done that with telling them, you know, you know, talk to them, let them know what was wrong, and tell them to kind of resubmit it. Some people, I've actually helped them do it and put it back together. I have been given mm-hmm. bits and pieces, and I have put it together for them. And these are some of the authors and artists who, I guess, pretty much trust me to be mm-hmm. able to take their work after I have, you know, really in-depth conversations with them so I can understand their vision. And then I take what they tell me, and I make it come to life. So that's the kind of artist a lot of times that I work with because I know it's a lot of people, basically one of the things they say is that you can be the artist and let us do the background work for you. You have a lot of people mm-hmm. who can just, they want to write, especially in the poetry world. You know, they do poetry and they want to write and they want to get their books out. But as far as doing all that technical work and things of that nature, um, they're not really good at it. So I try to help them. And my thing is, help me help you. So if I see that you're willing to work, then I'll put an extra mile to help you make, you know, your rough draft be what it needs to be or make your manuscript be what it needs to be. But if you're not trying to put in the work and you just want me to, you know, it's not my book. I'm here to help you make your dream come true and help you make money off of what you feel that you want to do. Um, because mm-hmm. you don't get to get any food off of mm-hmm. So how, at what point do you decide, because I'm quite sure you get those that come right in that's already talented and you have very little proofing to do. How do you decipher them among that, that particular caliber of talent among the ones that you have to give more focus on? I mean, do you do you let those go ahead on and fly solo and do more creative, you know, interest in what they're doing, or do you keep them on the tight, you know, tight rein as well as those who are needing more of your help? Um, in my experience, actually, right now, everybody I've had pretty much are really fresh and new as far as in the publishing world, and they're just mm-hmm. writing. So they're just writing, and they're not understanding um the concept of how a book goes together. So for me, I just kind of take them step by step and help mm-hmm. them out. And that's the thing that we do at Sunshine Fat World Association. We kind of help you a little bit, you know, hold your hand and help you for the first time. Because a lot of people I have the first time um, authors who are not really understanding. They just know that they have a passion and a book inside of them and they want to get it out. Um, right. One thing I, I have come across once. That's kind of difficult. Now, when you're dealing with most of the recently are poetry. When you're dealing mm-hmm. with someone who's writing a novel, um, that's a whole other beast. Right. All together, right. and you have to teach, you have to be able to. Um, I'm an avid reader. I love reading. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that when you read, you're supposed to go to that world that you're reading. If that doesn't happen right. to you, you can envision it as you're reading it. Then that book is not a good book. Mm-hmm. Um. And a lot of people, when they write, they don't understand 
that you have to be very descriptive. You have to make them see it, feel it, um, all of that. You have they have to be able to do that when they read it. So we have a lot of people that's not very good at maybe descriptive reading or being in detail or staying mm-hmm. on you know standing on track. And that's when you have to actually talk to them and say, hey, listen, it's a great idea, it's a great concept, but we need to tweak it here and tweak it there. And I'm the type of person, I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen right. some publishers, they just pretty much, in my personal opinion, taking the money. Because I've read mm-hmm. the books they put out, and I'm like, yeah, this is, come on, people. My people, we better than this. Like, y'all, you know, right. how much money do you to help you do this? You know, and mm-hmm. a lot more they're doing is really editing the book. That's before. right, girl. Child. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, crazy. You know, each other. We need to take each other. And I'm not, for me, if my publishing company is stamped on your book, that represents me just as much as it represents you. And right. I'm not going out half-stepping and I'm not looking like no fool for printing out a book. This <laughs> is crazy. I just, you I know, some people, yeah. some people don't care about that kind of stuff. They just want to take the money, you know, edit your book, put it together for you, you know, let you buy, you know, a book mm-hmm. cover that's already pre-made, you know, put it out there and it's done. Um, mm. that's not me. Well, what's the top five mistakes you've come across when proofing your clients work? The top five that I'm quite sure everybody do. What's the What's the top five of them? Oh, top five. Hmm. Dang, I'm trying to think. Basically, what I said just uh, grammar. <laughs> uh. When people are telling stories, um, being able to tell the difference between who's speaking without being confused, mm-hmm. that's the main one. That happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I was like, I'm going to five. One of the main things that come up with, that has, I don't know if it has anything to do with proofing, but this is my main thing that I've come across, is people, again, they don't, I'm not even getting a, a rough draft on a manuscript. That's my main thing. I'm just getting bits and pieces of stuff that, you know, put it together, piece it together. They're not even completely finished it. That's that's the main thing that I've come across, honestly. Um, mm. Just three. I know okay. you got five of them in there. What about punctuation? You talk about grammar. How about punctuation? Do they know how to begin and end a sentence? <laughs> That's true. Cause That's, I, I didn't read um, a few things, even the rough drafts I read on um, looking through your publications, and I'm like, do they know how to begin? Now, see, I be messing around on Facebook because that's not important. When I'm doing a million-dollar contract draft or, or even a $50,000 one for a big business, trust me, I'm sitting there for like hours on end and getting somebody else to do it too, looking at it to make mm-hmm. sure my sentences begin and end. Punctuation. You yeah, telling me you don't right have a problem with punctuation with run on sentences? I mean, I running to, on, running I on. I have to say that run on sentences. <laughs> <laughs> marathon <laughs> sentences, girl. <laughs> I know you get some of the marathon yeah. sentences, but they don't know girl. how to stop. They don't know how to put a comma in there or, you know, a hyphen. <laughs> that, and as you say it, um, you know, most people, we write how we speak. Right. And when you're doing a book, um, depending on what type of book it is, I guess, you really, you can't do that. Again, knowing the English language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's starters. You know, you have to know that. A lot of authors do not understand that. Wow. We just want to write. 
And see, with that being said, and this being Literary Month right here for the children, do you think that literacy, especially in the black community, has lost its focus? Because I used to do the bookmobile. I don't know if y'all have one in the Carolinas, but we we have a bookmobile that comes through in most of the seven cities. And one or two times a guy would ask me to come up there and tighten it up for him, clean up a little bit. And it's a white gentleman that drives it. And he said, you know mm-hmm. what, I used to get mad when we used to give away free books to, you know, the welfare children or lower-income kids at the school because he said, you know, everybody should be able to have that right to read, you know, and get a free book. Mm-hmm. He said, but you do realize in the last two years that I've asked you to come and clean my bookmobile, I ain't even had the parents bring the kids up here for the free book. He said, it got this bad that don't nobody even want to take a book. To read to their children, and I said, "Are you serious?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "I I have to basically offer candy for the kids mm-hmm. to get books." I mean, he said, "This is mostly in the black community." You know, he said, "I mean, I frequent some of the white ones, and I they'll buy books and take the free books for their children." But he said, "You know, in the black community, I used to forget the books away." He said, "I can't even give them away now." So I mean, as far as in, and with you having to deal with that on a professional level, and people pay you for that. I mean, do you think that we've lost focus as far as getting these children, you know, literary ready? Because they have to still write and read all through their lives. You, you just, it just don't stop with school. You have to sign documents, which I know some people can't do. And mm-hmm. I know they can't because they have to do it for them. Um, medical yeah. forms you have to fill out. You have to fill out your stuff getting ready for college. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't just stop when you graduate high school. It's a it's an ongoing process until you die because people can use that to hurt you. What do you think about that? Being an artist and a poetess, how important is that for our children to get that education? Oh, it's very important, and I I, I do see where you're coming from. And you know, in the black community, we are losing that. I think based off of technology, you know, our kids is into you know on the phones and the iPads or whatever, you know, so they may have a, you know. If people happen to read, they may read on there. But there, we don't really read anymore. Um, it's more of a. I think I might read an article, and most time the articles are dealing with some celebrities and some crap that went on with them. You know what I'm saying? It's, I I think it has gone down a lot as far as you know us being able to read, and it starts at home with the mm-hmm. parents. Because you have parents that don't read, you know, they're really not going to push for their kids to read. In the school mm-hmm. system, you know, they kind of have the kids, but they some schools, because they're kind of not really doing it in all schools anymore either. Even with the reading, you have some schools where they have to, you know, read so many books, you know, one book a month, and they get points for it for grades and things of that nature. But they're not even doing that anymore. Mm-mm. You know, they're going towards more of this concentrate on them passing certain state board tests, and that's it. So, yeah, I think we do have to figure out a way to bring it back, and that's one thing that I'm trying to do. Where I'm at here in the Georgia, South Carolina area, um, one of the things on my bucket list to get done is to create a, um, it's going to be like a, what I'm calling Sunshine Black Rose or Sunshine Cafe, um, mm-hmm. where it's going to be like a home, but it has a library in it. But also in that library, mm-hmm. we're going to have where I'm about all the art. So you're going to have poets come in there. It's going to be open mic nights. It's going to be, you know, people come out, play their nice. music or whatever. Nice. But it's going to be a humongous library. It's going to be based off of literary and Reading, education, you know what I'm saying? So kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. That's um, something else that's kind of next on my list of trying to get done because I see that that needs to be done. And that um, mm-hmm. bookmobile thing is uh, 
great idea. Mm-hmm. And I know there's going to be that around here. But that is an awesome mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, we've had it for years. And, I mean, like I said, it, it had a lot of prominence back in the day. This generation here, like the man said, we still got about three of them here in the Norfolk area. I don't know about the other cities. But we still got our three here. Well, they said it's a battle now because they're talking about getting rid of them. They take a lot of gas to keep those things moving. All they do is drive around 12 hours a day and go in the neighborhoods before school, after school, during school for the kids, you know, that, that are homeschooled and try to pass out books. Um, They have a lady who reads stories and stuff to the kids, but he said it's getting harder and harder to get people to participate in that. You know, folk don't want to do that no more. No, because so, honestly, you know, the world we live in, if they can't see it with their own eyes, they don't have anything to do with it. You know, everything mm-hmm. is a technology thing. If they had to wear this mobile thing came around with a book, but they had visuals as they're reading a book, oh, they would love that. Mm-hmm. But to get away from, like I said, having a book to the point where when you read it, you can picture it in your mind. You are there mm-hmm. with those mm-hmm. people as you're reading that book. You know, that's what I kind of mm-hmm. stress to my kids sometimes and I talk to them and, you know, different things. Um, now that they're taking a lot of books and making them into movies, I tell them, man, that ain't Jack. You should read the book. That movie ain't exactly. that book. When mm-hmm. you read that book, man, please, you can't even compare. You can't because Stephen King's it, even a new one, the new mm-hmm. movie, has nothing on the book. And I'm scared. Sometimes the way it is, like, you know, complete light outside. <laughs> That's with the book. <laughs> because I saw the movie. Oh, man, I saw a bootleg. But I saw the movie, and I was like, let me look at the book. Because I know a lot of things get left out because you don't have a lot of time trying to script it. And you got to get people that you got to pay, and you got to prop and all that mess. But a book, you can just keep right on going. It can flow endlessly um, from beginning to end. And I'm, like, in the middle of the book, and I saw nothing of what. Yeah. As a matter of fact, even, it kind of scared me a little bit seeing it in person, you know, as a movie. But reading in the book seems like it stays in your head. You know, mm-hmm. the lines just stay with you. It's like they're more real because it's flowing off the paper. It's not like you just, you know, dozing off and that hardly paying attention to the movie. But you can't do that with a book. You're actually sitting yeah. there, like you said, you're living the book as you're reading it. And, I mean, I do that a lot with a lot of books that I've read that I gave away to the thrift stores. But, I mean, I used to sit and read constantly. Even when I was at work, I was reading Mm-hmm. Um, I love to read. I mean, uh, romance novels mostly or adventure stories for me. Um, I love to read. So, I mean, you know, the words stay with you and, and you keep growing with, you know, as much food for thought, they said, because it helps build your mind, build your brain. But like you said, with these ebooks and stuff, it's not really doing that for the kids anymore because you can't relate to it. It's like you looking mm-hmm. at a movie and putting it down. You're not You're not relating or getting anything from it. And um, we need we need to get back to that with the books. But if somebody wanted to um, become a part of Sunshine Black Rose Publications, what's the process to become a client or even just to submit my work for you to proof? Um, how it works is I have I have a Facebook page, I have a website which is Sunshine VR Publications um, dot com. Um, or they can hit me up on Facebook just let me know. Hey, you know I'm interested in your services, um, I would sit down and have a consultation with them, ask them exactly what they want, what do they need, because we offer your editing, we offer, you know, also, you know, if you just need a book cover, we can do that for you, have to get this editing, if 
you want us to fully publish your book. If you would like to step out on your own and self-publish, I'd offer um, consultation to give you some pointers and points in the right direction on how to do that as well. Um, so mm-hmm. the best way, hit me up on Facebook. Go to AliciaMelton.com or SunshineVRPublications.com. You'll be able to get to me that way. Um, but if they want to, to actually submit a manuscript or something, I do it online, or you can do it through my email. Um, the website is set up to actually accept a manuscript. And one thing I'd like to put out also um, dealing with a, a client that I'm working with now, some people have issues with turning their manuscripts because they're scared that once they send your, their work to you, you know, now you might try to, you know, pass it off as your own or whatever, you know. So we offer contracts to um, safeguard your work, basically. So if you mm-hmm. talk to me and say, hey, I want to send you my manuscript, you know, whatever, it's cool. We'll send a contract to you stating that, hey, once you send that manuscript to us, we're signing it stating that, we're just here to review it to see if we're going to accept you, you know, into our publishing company or whatever the case may be. We have no right to use it as your work and only your work. Um, so it's a binding contract to safeguard people because I know some people do have issues um, with turning over their work to people and some people, you know, stealing it basically. And that's something that we offer that a lot of these other um, smaller publishing companies that are coming out do not offer. Okay. We're all about keeping it straight up and business at all times. Mm-hmm. Well, before we see if we have any calls, let me ask you this question that I, I ran across this as well. Now, somebody said that, you know, being that most of the artists or poets in some of y'all books, you tribute to God. You give him the glory and the honor for, you know, your book being published or giving you the inspiration to do so. And somebody mm-hmm. said that it was dangerous to do this because if you did, it would affect your sales or potential business. Do you believe that's true, being a Christian yourself? Um, I'm going to say no because, I mean, you do have people that may not believe. Because, I mean, it depends on how you want to put it. Some people, if you're saying God, a lot of people believe in God. They would not necessarily, you know, a Pacific guy, whether it be a Christian guy, a Buddhist guy, or whatever. But I don't think mm-hmm. it'll hurt your sales at all to say, you know, you dedicate your book or you thank God, the creator, mm-hmm. whoever, you know, you want to put it in there. Um, a lot of people do it, and honestly, I feel like it's to each his own. Right. And like they were saying the potential people. business because they were saying, you know, there are people out there who are atheists or Buddhists or whatever the case may be, that it may be an insult to them if they see that, you know, tagged in one of your, you know, work. Um, mm-hmm. And they may not want to deal with you, but I'm thinking to myself, if this is a global company or an upstart company that's going to get me where I need to go, I think I'm going to see past that and just keep my personal business personal. I mean, that, that's just my opinion on that. That's not going to stop me if you're if you're doing that kind of retail business that I need to get myself promoted. I'm not going to worry about that. But it was just a few people, about a thousand people, I'd say, commented on that, that it would be bad for business. You know and what? I mean, I, you know, and as a publisher yourself, I'm asking you, how, how in the hell is that bad for, I mean, I'm just, you yeah. know, some things they take out of context. Hey. I thought I'd ask you, I mean, not to put you on the spot with it, but it's a thousand people answering that kind of crap. I just was wondering what you thought about that. I can, I mean, I can, I can see their point of view, and I can see that because in the world we live at, living now, it's um, 
everybody is kind of, you know, conscious of a lot of things, whether it be whether you're religious or, you know, your political, you know, opinions and things of that nature, and they don't want to work with you if you don't believe, you know, if you don't completely agree with them and all that kind of stuff like that. So that is going on a lot now. So um, maybe that is why some companies who maybe they kind of keep their uh, religious beliefs out, outside of what they actually do. Um mm-hmm. I honestly, for me, I don't think it'll be an issue because um, even most people know what my background is and that I may be a Christian woman. Um, mm-hmm. But they also know I'm the type of female that uh, listen to anybody, everybody, very open minded. So many of my friends, close friends, are not even Christian. So, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have that issue. So, you know, and I think if it's meant for you to have your business and if it's meant for you to have God in it, God will make sure you get the business you need to get. So, you know, to the people that don't want you, they can go somewhere else, but it's going to be just as many people wanting to come to your business because you got God written somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering because it was said a lot. Jay, do we got any calls? All right, let's go on ahead and uh, get ready to take some calls. If you're uh, streaming from your phone, all you got to do is press 1. If you're listening in on a link, it was a call at 516 387 one nine and press one. We're speaking with Alicia Melton of Sunshine Black Rose Publications, and plus you'll also be our special guest tomorrow, uh, October twenty first, at the Lucky Panda Blacktopia Gaming Greet in Charlotte, North Carolina, twenty six ten Clemson Avenue. Come on out, win some game, win some prizes, play the sweepstakes games, play the fish games, skill games, get your money. And uh, Alicia Melton's going to be there. Alicia Melton's also going to perform some poetry out there, too. And uh, we also got some free food, too. And, you know, y'all know I'm a vegetarian, but they cook some fried chicken and all that stuff, too. So, you know, you got some stuff for y'all to eat, too. (laughs) It's all good, though. I'll be be munching on my vegetables in the corner. Okay. (laughs) Let's bring on the first caller. (laughs) Caller in the 337. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Hello. Oh. Yeah, we're having some problems. We're having some problems. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, thank you for being patient. It's all good. That's what we do. Call in the 337-465. You're on the air. Who is this? This is Tanya from Louisiana. Tanya, how you doing? Let me throw some claps <laughs> on it for you. <laughs> Now, now, Tanya, before you before you ask your question, I want to say this, Alicia Melton, let you know, uh, Tanya, she's a poet, too. She writes a lot of great, amazing poetry. She left Blacktopia, but she joined back, and she's trying to put out some books of uh, books of poetry. So, um, so she, you know, of course, she dialed into this. She, perfect timing. Uh, okay, I'll let hey. you talk, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, how are you tonight? Oh, good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, I guess the one question would be, um, what was your motivation to start writing? My motivation to start writing. Um, initially, my motivation to start writing happened when I was a little girl. It was a way to get my feelings out, a way to um, kind of be heard but not being heard. So I had diaries that I would write down any and everything in um, from the time I was eight. Then I got away from it when I was a teenager. And um, during the course of the last maybe three years, 
of my marriage into me getting divorced, I started writing again. Well, actually, let me back it up. I started writing in church. Um, I started doing actually. I started writing plays and scripts and things for the kids to perform in different areas. Mm-hmm. So that started me again as an adult. Then I got into I went into poetry. Um, at the end of my marriage, kind of getting getting my feelings out or whatever. And then um, someone had always told me that a book was in me, and I needed to write. Which that book has not come out yet. I'm still working on that one. But um, what inspired me was just a way for me to um, express myself and get the things in my head out of my head and my emotions out so that I could be able to deal with them and move on from them. So that was how I kind of initially began to write and was inspired to write. And then being around other artists and seeing what they did and being of encouragement to each other helps build your skills and helps you feel better, um, gives you motivation and makes you feel good about, you know, what you're doing. You can learn a lot from other people. Mm. I could I could relate to that actual same story, um, and you know I hear a lot of people answer that way, and I just was curious if we were all on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, thank you. No, no, thank you. And I think I read a few of your times. You posted a few times in um, October. Some of your poetry and they're good. Keep keep doing that. Keep doing what you do. Yes, ma'am, you never you can motivate by what you do. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Tanya, before we go to the next caller, is there anything else you want to say? Any, any, you know, anything else? No, I'm, I'm good. Definitely good, good. Well, definitely thank you for the call. Uh, and we're going to take you out with a Miss Marie Jones. Baby. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next caller. Uh, call, uh-oh, that person hung up. It's all good. Just, uh, if you're streaming from your phone, just press 1. If you're listening in on the link, give us a call at 516-387-1219 and press 1. We'll get you on in there. You'll talk to uh, Barbara, Alicia Melton, Adrian Charlson. Adrian Charlson, uh, while we're waiting for some, uh, some of these other calls, we got a lot of people listening, but, you know, people, you know, you shot at night. Adrian Charles, do you have any follow up questions? Anything you want to say? Um, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm gonna start there. <laughs> How are you? Good. Um, uh, um, yeah, I'm kind of like I'm. You know, I've been listening to everything, and I, I'm kind of trying to do the same thing for uh, my friends and people around me, helping them navigate this publishing thing. Because, like you said, people kind of don't want to do it like they want to write a book but they don't want to proofread and they don't want to do other stuff and mm-hmm. I I messed up and got a publisher for my first book well mm-hmm. the first edition of my first book and then I I read it I was like yeah did y'all even proofread this like this is what I paid y'all for and then I, I wasted my money so I mean it, it is a good thing that you're helping others because once you do it you know what it is and I mean mm-hmm. sometimes people just don't want to take the time because it's a little tedious um, getting everything like it's supposed to be for a book and working on the cover and doing all the other good stuff. Yes. So I commend you on getting this started. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. And I actually have your book. It's a really awesome book. I love it. Sitting on oh, my, um, thank you. on my living room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. And I'm behind on ordering books, so y'all don't get me because I got to get yours and Tammy's and um, 
It's another one I got to get. Um, is it Lil? I don't want to say the wrong name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, I have a whole list. Now, how many books do you have out? Um, right now we have one out. We have the one poetry book. Um, mm-hmm. like I said, um, two. I have another poetry book that I kind of started. But my thing is that I wind up helping so many other people that I wind up taking my projects and putting them in the back burner. Uh, yeah, yeah. The one poetry book out. Um, hopefully by next year. Um, maybe by February I have my next poetry book out, and maybe, um, God willing, by the end of the year I'll be able to have the actual um, novel that I'm working on to be out. We'll see how that works oh. out in between me trying to help other people be great at the same time. <laughs> yes, and, and it, it's, it's going to work out. And sometimes you have to take a break and, you know, get yourself. And that's what I'm, look, that's why I'm leaving the show for till the end of the month also. I mean, end of the year, so I can stop and get myself together because I'm trying to get my second book out too, so. I understand. So sometimes you have to take a break to work on your own stuff. So you might need to take a break <laughs> to make yeah. sure you're meeting those goals and yeah, making sure you're doing what you have to do for you. So remember that you you know you got to get your stuff out too. So yeah, I just yeah. told myself that now I'm working that into my plan. Yes, yes, and put it, put it on your schedule. Work on it every day as you're working on other stuff. It all comes together. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, good. Congratulations. Can't wait for the second book to come out. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, again, if you're streaming from your phone, just press 1. If you're listening in on the link, give us a call at 516-387-1219 and press 1. It'll bring you on. So, uh, so definitely come on and do that. You know, let's see a lot of y'all listening. Just, uh, just press one. We're not going. We're not going to say nothing. Uh, we're going to say nothing crazy. I mean, anymore. <laughs> so, so come on and join us. <laughs> uh, now, while I'm waiting for some other calls, Alicia Melton, I got some questions for you too. Oh, tomorrow. Right. I'm, I don't know why I keep saying tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. I meant. Saturday, October twenty first. Yeah. What are you looking forward to at the at the Blacktopia Gaming Group? What you looking? What, what's what's the best part of that? What what you looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to meeting some faces. You know that I that I've you know interacted with them. um social media, Facebook, and actually seeing in person, getting to know some people, getting out there, seeing what these games are all about. It's a couple things you know I'm kind of excited about. I'm excited about telling people about the publishing company. And um, what I consider all things Alicia, you know, I got a few little uh, little giveaways, some gifts for the people that come out. I want to put out there, so, you know, all y'all listening, come on out Saturday, probably, but you know, all things Alicia, we got some, we got some little goodies for everybody too. So y'all come on out, and see what we got. Oh, uh, well, oh, uh, you, oh, yeah, that, well, yeah, 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 definitely. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, to all of that. Um, you know, uh, you know the 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 the, the uh, it's it's for eighteen and up. <laughs> the, uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I thought I heard it. Oh, well, oh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to to, uh, to you showing up and doing some poetry as well. Uh, you know, we already uh, we already got an area 
mapped out for you for you to post up and and put your books and promo items up there for you. Uh, you know, I already, you know, got everything set up for you as far as that. Um, we're gonna take some footage. We're gonna take some Blacktopia promotional videos out there. I'm gonna do a couple of Facebook lives. Um, everybody's waiting on you. Uh, the establishment they're promoting the event on their end. They're looking forward to you. We're also going to have Ro Jackson. He's going to be one of the special invited guests. Also, Hump Day Radio, or is, 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 it may come out. Sydney Ware is a Blacktopian. She's talking about coming on out there and kicking it with us. So, uh, so yeah, uh, A-Queen, you know, Natalie Daniels, she's going to be out there. So, yeah. Awesome. Now, know. one thing I did, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't aware of the uh, you know me spitting that night, so you know I gotta gotta work on that. It's been a it's been a long time. So. Oh yeah, well you know it's up to you. It's up to you. Uh, the, the option to do that is there. You know. Oh, awesome, awesome. Want... Oh yeah, something. if you just want to keep it about. Oh yeah, my I mean to cut you off. Continue. Oh no, I'm... hey, my bad. I... Oh no, I'm... I have to learn how to talk. Hey, Adrian. Hey, I was about to ask a question for Tammy, but I think it was already asked and answered, so never mind. She was asking um, what motivated you start, starting your publishing company, but I think oh. you already answered that. Yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> Just double-checking. Yeah. <laughs> now, when... um. Now, uh, I, oh my God, I've lost my own question. See, I, I need to, I need to, I don't know, write my thoughts down or something. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, no, okay, never mind. It'll come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> don't let me out the house looking like that, y'all. Grab the mic from me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, y'all are funny. <laughs> Father, the country cleaning lady. I know you got some more don't things. Don't call in there. my name, but I'm just saying. Let me. I got one for Alicia. With children, yeah. um, do you look over any of the book reports or essays that the kids have to turn in? I'm asking because long time ago I used to have to do this for Virginia Beach since my business is based out of there. I used to have to go to the schools and sit in on the classes and help the teachers correct and grade. Um, different reports and essays and book reports. And my heart was broken for some of the ones I read because these children, as grown as they ass thought they were, couldn't put together a whole sentence, couldn't write appropriately, which, you know, a capital letter at the beginning of the first word, you know, all your words properly cased, and then, you know, the period at the end of the sentence. They ran on in sentences like they were writing from second and third grade. And I looked at one of the teachers, um, and I asked her, I said, do you really read and grade this? She said, I have no choice. This is the way they come. And these were middle school kids because she was like, this is the way they come to her writing. Do oh, you wow. look over your kids like that? Yeah, because I was like, oh, no. I said, I want to get them a flat F because that's what we would have got back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. You know, she said, but you can't. 
being that they have a criteria now and they have an agenda for these kids, they have to allow that half-ass writing and pass it along. Yeah, you're right. And, and, I'm looking and so I'm wondering, do you look at your kids writing when they doing their book report and stuff, putting it together? Uh, Yes. My kids, I know they be like, my mom getting on my last damn nerves. I wish you'd go sit down somewhere. Because my standards are higher than those teacher standards. Right. Um, yeah, what you're saying is so very true. Yeah, because I saw it was it was sad. <laughs> they couldn't even put a paragraph together, Alicia. I mean, you know, a paragraph is two to maybe six sentences tops. I mean, eight, you're pushing it. But these kids didn't even understand that concept. And I, I was writing that little cleft mark, you know, that almost like a dollar sign. I mean, I was scribbling that thing everywhere to, you know, trying to show them where the sentences need to begin and end and the paragraph begin. And one young man, he told me, he said, you know, what he said, Miss B. I'm gonna just be honest, you're getting on my nerves. And he was mm-hmm. like 13, he said, because he said, You didn't correct in my paper. Look at all these marks. He said, I'm an A student. I said, A and what? Because I got a 4.6 GPA on it from college. What you trying to say? Because I don't see I don't see your A nowhere up on this page. I mean, you know these sentences running on, there's no mm-hmm. paragraph here. I'm like, What is going on? And he said, That's how he was passed. And that is considered. Like I said, the criteria, the norm, that they write those sentences like that. And the teachers don't put the marks on the papers like I did. You know why? Because I'm sure this is a, is a black majority black school, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's not happening in the predominantly white schools or the white areas. They're teaching them kids so they can go to college. Again, um, I ain't trying to get, you know, get all conscious or nothing like that on nobody. But you see what they do in our schools, and it's like this. Let's just pass them along. Let's get them out of school right. for the next grade. Cause it's great. Our children up for failure. Right. Now they can't get a job. They can't read. They can't sign a signature on a piece of paper because you don't teach them how to write in cursive anymore. You know, they mm-hmm. can't, like you said, they can't sign their own paperwork. So that's the stuff that they're doing to our children. So if we don't do what we need to do for our kids, they're going to, again, setting them up for failure. That they can't get no job, they can't do nothing else, and where they gonna be at? In but jail. the English teacher, she told me, she said, uh, handwriting in cursive was time consuming. That the school board said, now this is this is Norfolk and the Seven Cities Round Hill in Virginia. They said mm-hmm. that cursive writing was it took up too much time. It was time consuming. Writing in just block form and regular print was better. It was faster. And I said, so you telling these students when they go to college or go for a job or, God forbid, somewhere, you know, where a loan company where somebody can take and copy their signature, you telling them them sitting there writing their name in plain print is the right way to get. Are you crazy? Because I scribble my name in any kind of funky tail way, and you got to try to figure out what I'm saying. So when you come at me saying I signed this for a loan, I'm going to tell you, you no know, the hell I didn't, and I'm ready to get up, get you for identity theft. Because she said, well, it doesn't matter. They have to learn how to protect themselves, but for the school system, uh-huh. writing and print is faster. Cursive take up more time so everybody can't write the letters in cursive appropriately. School has become, has become a business just like anything else. So Got school, to be. Whatever they do to pass the kids, because if the kids do not pass, then the school gets a failing grade, and the school is looked down upon, and now people want to come in and look at the school and the school system. Oh, so now the school system on a higher level 
and saying, okay, we're going to do this. We're not really teaching wow. the kids. You're not teaching the kids how to um, think for themselves, learn for themselves. All Mm-mm. year round, all they do is practice how to take these tests so they can pass the test so the school can look good. So yeah. anything outside is no longer really needed or they don't really concentrate on those other things. So, you know, that's another reason why I feel as though, you know, we need to make sure, add, you know, teaching starts at home anyway, and I've always told my kids that. The, they're there to back up what I taught you already. They ain't there to teach you and me sit back here, you know, trip. I've had parents come into the school and be mad, well, you ain't teach my kid this, that's your job. No, it's your job to teach your kid. Their job is to re-confirm um, what you have already put into your kid. You know, and that's what we do now. We kind of put in the school system off, um, giving them more responsibility for taking care of our kids. And we got we really got to get back to um, doing mm-hmm. some more things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to take another quick call before we go to our break. Uh, thank you for that, Alicia, for breaking that down. Caller in the 859-368. You're on the air. Who is this? Dang, you about to give away the whole phone number. What's going on, brother? It's Wayne. Dwayne. Dwayne. Dwayne Pierce. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, family. I'm good. I didn't even move to play with you today. This woman called me mentally unstable on on a, on the World Wide Web. My feelings are kind of hurt oh. by that. I'm sorry. That's all right. You, you've been going at me pretty hard. I think me and Jay need to get together, and uh, we I got I, I probably get some plans with Jay on you. But uh, it keeps you engaged. It keeps you uh, posting and talking. So got to do what I got to do to get get you I in. I have posted, and then you call me crazy. <laughs> Man, they call me crazy. But, uh, I ain't even say nothing. Right, it's, but no, I was the cur- the whole signature thing, and you know that's not just a new that's not a new thing. Um, I was with a, a girl I was dating. She worked in a check cashing place, and uh, with her for talking, and the her coworker was like a fifty mid fifty seven year old white dude, gay white dude. And neither one of them knew that their signatures were supposed to be a signature. You know what I mean? I I learned in the military we had guys I had a guy, Bobby Starr, he didn't put he made a star with a line. He never put a name. His military signature on government documents is a star and a line. It's he said he's he's always done it that way because that was his last name was Starr. Um there's a lot of things that don't get taught in school. And there's um, some of it, like like she said, it, it's on the parents to get into these people, but it's hard to get parents to understand that. Um, I guess it's it's whatever your environment is kind of can can either help nurture that or or not. But you know, like I said, my family was. My family is all military. My my mother and uh, my father, everybody, I, everybody in my family, just about shit, has gone to the military at some point in time. But I don't know. I wouldn't say, I, I may, and maybe it's just my area. There are programs here that encourage kids to read, um, and then at the same time, because my daughter loves reading, all all three of my girls, well, the youngest one don't like reading. She just likes looking at the pictures. But <laughs> all of them are into books, so I'm in the library more, and that's what I see. 
Yeah, I mean, they got a program here at one of our local libraries where you read to a dog. My oldest loves pets, so she gets to pet a dog, read a book, uh, and read to the dog. It's like two of her favorite things in life. Um, so, uh, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's just an environment. And I'm in Lexington, Kentucky. We are predominantly white. I think it's only like 10% of this population is African-American, but Hell, the Hispanics got their own little library. They're doing their thing there. Uh, the Asians, they blend in with the whites, so, you know, we just let them be them. But maybe it, uh, maybe it's just geographically where you at sometimes is what you see because, like I say, with, with me and mine, we got I, – I get a uh, schedule, especially during the summertime when they're out and I, and I have time to take them. You know, we go to the library. They have uh, – little things where they're reading to the kids. You get prizes if you read so much. And, and this is the local library, the city library. You know, they do these things for our kids. So maybe that's, maybe that's a regional thing. I think I'm trying to squeeze a whole bunch. And I also I find it funny because, uh, Adrian, I was about to pester you again the way I did last time when I wrote that whole big long thing about veterans and Kaepernick or whatever the case may be. I don't know if you looked at my page, but I did another thing. And I'm one that writes like I talk. So uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I, that's, I guess that's part of the reason why I don't like reading things out in public because I know after I read it and then after I write it and I read it again, it's like, uh, hold on, I forget where even I was supposed to pause or um, switch gears or whatever the case may be. But uh, I, I don't know what to do about that. I I, I do uh, wish you the best in luck in getting people's works out there and getting your own uh, dreams accomplished in, in, the, in the meantime or through those works. But that was oh, yeah. it. I don't know. Oh yeah, Dwayne, definitely thank you for the call. We're about to get ready to take our break. Uh if you wanna uh, if you wanna stick on the line, we'll bring you back on after the segments. If you wanna, you know, drop some more opinions, we'll be talking about sexual assault. That's our main topic. Uh if you wanna jump back in. Yeah, I'll be on here, bro. I'm watching the game, listening to y'all. Okay, <laughs> good, good. Well, y'all are listening to Black Topia Presents Round Table Talk Radio with your host, Bob the Country Cleaning Lady. Adrian Charleston, and I'm just some guy named Jay. We're about to uh, play some music and some commercials. When we come back, we got the old church lady announcement. We got some new news, and Adrian Charleston and I- has the last butterfly. what? The last butterfly flow of the year, and Alicia Melton. We got some more uh, stuff with her too. So stick around. Listen to this song from Fly Drexler.
they paw block. Diamonds like them paw wall. Yo, she came from Walmart. Whip look like the Allspark. Yo, she like a golf cart. Like a golf cart. Bought them like a dog park. Man, these new all bark. But they buy your clothes. Got this right off the stove. You can smell it on my clothes. Bank account got extra O's. Ace up, I got hello. Yeah, I won't sell my soul. Even if that came with that million dollars in that road. I can still tip it on them M pilots with them foes. Till I pull up in that shit, probably cost more than your home. Gone. They ain't really who they say they is. They ain't really. That's why they never they come around. Never come around. They ain't really who they pretend to be. They ain't really. So don't you let them win. Yeah, what's up? It's your girl, Linda B. Let me find out you got that big boy TV, but you only get in hospital station. Uh-uh. Let me find out you got that flat screen TV plugged up to a converter box because you too cheap to get cable. Let uh-huh. me find out every week you down at the bootleg man trying to get new movies because you're running out of stuff to watch. Shame on you. I'm here. That's what I do. You want cable? Hit me up. Oh, Bill, no problem. I got you. Cable too high? I got you. Dun, dun, Hit me dun, up. Dun. We can do this a few ways. You can either call me. I can call you. 937-287-0736. Or you could go to my website, lindaebrown.acndirect.com. Or we could do a three-way call. What? A three-way call? We could even do a three-way call. Shut the Hit me door. up today, and you can have cable tomorrow. Yeah, I got your back. And remember, what God 
All things is possible. Have a good day, world, and I'm out. Damn, girl. I ain't seen you in a long time. You done lost some weight. That's right, girl. Child, I've been using this new product, Total Life Changes Tea by CurvyButHealthy.com. That's how I lost the weight. Child. Now, wait a minute, girl. So all you saying I got to do is drink this tea and I can go to the bathroom and piss these calories out of me? Well, not quite. What it does is speed up your metabolism, curb your appetite, and give you the nutrients your body needs so that it can help you shed the pounds. And, girl, you can lose the weight and keep some curves, too. Well, girl, that's exactly what I need. I'm trying to look good in my bikini when I go down to the beach. I'm going to go to curvybutthealthy.com right now and order about 10 cases of that tea. Yes, yes. 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 Order Total Life Changes Tea from curvybutthealthy.com today. Yeah. I'm going to go to curvybutthealthy.com and order about 10 cases of that tea. I'm going to go to curvybutthealthy.com. I'm going to go to curvybutthealthy.com. All right. Welcome back to the biggest colored show on earth. Blacktopia presents Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Bobby Country Clean Lady, some guy named Jay, and Adrian Charleston. All right. This portion of the show is called the Old Church Lady Announcements. All right, so uh, I got some uh, some old church lady announcements. So uh, welcome to the second hour. On October 21st, Blacktopia will be holding a networking event at the Lucky Panda, and that's panda spelled with a nine instead of a P, in Charlotte, North Carolina. The Lucky Panda in Charlotte, North Carolina. The event is called Blacktopia, the Blacktopia Game and Greet, because you'll be able to play sweepstakes games, fish games, skills games, and win cash prizes. We'll also be doing raffles. You can get some gift cards, da da da. We've got some free food. You know, first come, first serve. Come on out there. The event is being held from 9 p.m. to 8 p.m. And it's again at the luck is at the Lucky Panda. 2610 Clemson Avenue off the plaza, across the street from the Shell Gas Station. Uh, come out, get your money. And again, that's on October 21st. That's a Saturday. And Alicia Melton will be our special guest out there at the event. So come out there, chop it up with her, you know, shake her hand, ask her some questions, listen to her poetry, buy some books, get some promo items. And there's a lot of other Blacktopians said they were, uh, you know, going to come out and hang out with us, like Alatunji Mason, who just inboxed me, said he's going to be out there. Good for you, Alatunji Mason. Uh, and definitely keep hitting us with that trivia in the black, so you know, the, the, the trivia that you keep posting. Uh, Clarissa Byer says she's going to come through. Uh, Sydney Ware, A-Queen, uh, Rojack, uh, lots of lots of Blacktopians. Uh, Zavori Davis, who's a new Blacktopian, he said he's definitely going to be out there. So, uh, so, yeah, looking forward to meeting and chopping it up with a lot of y'all. All right. And also go to blacktopia.org. Okay, let me shut up and bring in the butterfly so then she can read her stuff, her butterfly flow. Hey, Jay. Hey. There you are. Okay, I was wondering if I was on. I was like, am I on? (laughs) Is this thing on? (laughs) But, yes. Hey, um. Yeah, I'm going to get right into it because it's maybe a little longer than usual. I, I don't mean for it to be. But it goes into, um, this is Adrian Charleston with tonight's Butterfly Flow. 
And it goes into the topic for tonight. And um, what I want to talk about is the Me Too campaign. And the Me Too campaign has been started um, for people to post Me Too if they've been sexually harassed or sexually assaulted in their past. And that goes for men and women. Um, People mostly focus on women because the majority of sexual assaults um, are against women. Um, They say one in every four women have been assaulted and one in every ten men. However, they think, you know, they believe that it's grossly underestimated. So it's probably more than than that and more than that's reported. Um, And as you know, I say more than that has been, you know, that's not been reported because for some reason people keep it a secret and people are ashamed. And they started the Me Too campaign in order to let other people know that they're not alone and that, you know, things have happened to them too and that they don't have to suffer alone and they no longer have to be quiet. And I, I do believe in the campaign it is a good thing to let other people know that they're not alone and, and for you, and I know a lot of people have been putting Me Too and they've been telling their stories. However, we have to be mindful because because different things happen to different people and you telling your story may trigger someone else. Um, and they may not know that they're being triggered, but after reading three or four stories and after seeing all that's going on, it can bring up stuff in in someone else. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I would say for the people who, who feel that it's bringing up things, to be mindful of yourself, to be mindful of what's going on with you and reach out to someone and get some help. Like, let's not, let's do more with Me Too than tell a story. Um, I, I want us to be able to help each other. I want us to be able to to talk about it and find solutions, not just say, yeah, Me Too, tell your story and go on. How have you healed from that? Have you healed from that? How have you moved forward? That part of the story is what can help the next person move forward. And I see where it's going, but also it, it can, you know, other other people. You, know, you never know who it's affecting, and it's great for everyone to come together, but also, like I said, to come together with solutions instead of just putting stuff out there. So I... And I, I don't speak these words just to be speaking them because during my break I'm also going to be, be working on things to find solutions and try to do something in my area with this campaign. So that's one of my goals before the end of the year as well. Um, so, yeah, so the Me Too campaign is wonderful. If you need help, if anything has triggered you, if there's something you need to talk about or work through, um, I'm always available. As most of you know out there listening, I am a life coach. Um, and a psychologist, and I'm here to help. You can um, follow me on my new stuff. Um, I'm pushing everything to my business page on Facebook, which is Adrian Charleston Life Coach, um, and you can follow me there. And on my business Instagram, it's Butterfly Flow Life because I feel that this Butterfly Flow movement is a lifestyle, and once you know more about it, the more you'll you'll follow along and put your wings on and let's fly together. So thank you very much. This is Adrian Charleston with Butterfly Flow. Oh yes, oh yes. All right. And um so let me go on ahead and uh bring everybody back on. 
Barbara. Yes. Okay. Alicia. Yes, I'm here. All right. I'm going to bring on Dwayne, too. Dwayne Pierce. We're still here. What's going on? All right. Now, uh, the topic for tonight, like Adrian Charleston said, also sexual assault and uh, and anything revolving that around that topic. Uh, if you're streaming from your phone, all you got to do is press one after uh, after the panel says what they're going to say, then you're welcome to jump on in. Press one, we'll bring you on. Uh, if you're streaming from your phone, just press uh, just call five one six. Three eight seven one two one nine and press one. We'll talk to you. All right, Adrian Charleston, actually lead us off with this. Uh, what would you? Uh, what do you? What do you want to uh, actually? Uh, even though you had a butterfly flow on yeah. this, is there anything you want to say yeah. to, the, to the to the panel to get it popping first? Um, no, I think I, I pretty much said everything I need to say right now about the subject. Um, it's just. I mean, it's so prevalent, and people don't talk about it, and people don't know how to handle it, and it's just swept under the rug for so many people for so many years. And I, I don't like when people say, why didn't you tell? How couldn't you tell? Why did you not feel safe? And the reason is they, a lot of people don't feel safe. A lot of people, like I, be doing what I do, I hear so many different things, like people who have reported and not believed, people who you know, went to the person that's supposed to protect them, and they don't. So that leads to people not reporting, not telling. And it's not just kids. Like, these are adults. And when I do what I want to do, I do want to start with adults because, the, you know, maybe the adults can help lead the children so and, and get them to say if something is going on with them. And, it's, and there's no real reason why. There's a whole bunch of different reasons why people don't tell or don't say anything or do tell, but nothing happens because, sadly, people don't believe that their boyfriend, uncle, grandfather, or whoever could do such a thing. But, and I mean, women do it too. So, I, I, like I said, I wanted to just say men. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, uh... Barbara, I know this this is a hard, heavy topic. Is there anything you would like to add? Um, pretty much Adrian already touched on it. Uh, people don't want to believe it's somebody that supposed to protect you is actually the perpetrator of assaulting you. Um, but what makes it even worse for a lot of these kids, which y'all don't understand, even as um, psychologists and psychiatrists, when the parent goes along with what the other parent is doing, it's kind of hard because you're you're caught between a rock and a hard place as a child. You you don't control the situation. You have no control. So for a lot of the young ladies um, that I came across, even when I was doing my own thing when I was younger, which I'm not ashamed of nothing I did. Um, you, It was an outlet to get out of what you had been in because you were trapped by the parent that was assaulting you, and you were trapped by the parent that was selling you to that parent to have you assaulted. Not, not all the time is the mother unaware of what's going on. A lot of times they're the person involved with what's going on. 
Anyway. And I've seen that a lot in 18 years of business. And I, I don't know how we can fix that because, you know, a lot of them play Christian, though though religion is now an issue in this generation. Back then, you know, they ran to the pastor and all and got protection of the church because that's what my parents did. They ran and got protection of the church, so no one did anything about it. And everybody isn't as strong as me, so a lot of young women who was in that situation grew up and became even worse than what they'd already been through. So, I mean, this is it's a touchy subject. Um, either way you look at it, you really don't see everybody there to protect you. You really don't see an end. I mean, I still don't. And 18 years out here, I'm still looking at it being a problem. I don't see any solutions. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just my take on it. Oh, yes. Alicia Melton. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. I agree with a lot of things that both the young ladies have just said. Um, one thing that Adrian said is very important when she said, you know, it's more than just telling your story. When you want to tell your story, it's, um, you need to tell how you got over it, if you got over it, how you healed from it. That is the key point in telling your story. If you're not telling your story for that reason, then you don't need to tell your story because you were able to get through what you got through to help somebody else. And and I would like to say also, as far as the solution, I think there's a solution. The solution is this. Is when we see stuff and people who have been we're not as we trained to see the signals of it, instead of us being a generation in a world where we mind our business, when you stop, you say something. You do something, you don't turn your head the other direction when you know something is wrong, whether they hide under the church or wherever. Holding accountable is one of the first steps to getting a solution to um, sexual harassment, sexual assault. Um, it is still hard trying to deal with it. Um, I was in the military, and, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's kind of it, – it was really big and prevalent. In the military, well, I ain't going to say it was big and prevalent. The, the military, I'm going to say the Army, that was an Army. It's just a small cosmo of what, you know, happens outside of us. So mm-hmm. it is true that a lot of uh, males and females, especially males if it happens to them, but females as well, you're not going to say anything because you don't think anyone's going to do anything about it or it may hurt your career or, you know, things of that nature. Um, like the other lady said, the reason why people do not say anything. So because we know that and people on the outside, whether you've been through it or not, when you see those things, that's why it's up to us to stand up and do something. So um, that's one thing that the Army tries to promote is that everyone's accountable. So if I see sexual harassment, then I am part of the problem and not the solution if I see it and do nothing because it ain't me. You know, so that's the first step to trying to find a solution, dealing with some of these issues that we have. I guess that's my little take on it for now. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, yeah. Now, um, yeah, I'm glad you also uh, mentioned that when it when it you know it does happen, you know, a lot of people are afraid to speak up because they think it may hurt them, and they're not going to really seek you know any kind of real help when they actually try to you know tell what happens to them. Um, Adrian Charlson, since you uh, mm-hmm. deal with helping with people, um, how should people actually go about 
helping? I mean, what what is what is the most effective way? Because some people just want to tell people as closest to them, and sometimes the closest to them is, I mean, it's like, well, what can I do? I can just listen, but you know, but what where should they go as far as getting some real help? You know, um, at least the first well, you know, thing. Always, yeah, you know, I always suggest some people get a um, psychologist or or a, a seasoned life coach or somebody to talk to about different things, just because they see it in a different way and they're removed from the situation. Cause sometimes when you talk to friends and family, like they want to sit and cry with you, but that's sometimes that's not helping you, you know, <laughs> and sometimes it could be more hurtful if that's all they're doing. But, um, I mean, it depends on the person. Everybody is different. Some people don't want to talk about it. Some people like, you know, it's, it's one thing to say me too, but sometimes it's another thing to tell your whole story to somebody. Everybody doesn't want to do that, and I think that it's, it shouldn't be pushed or for, forced upon anyone to say or do anything. If somebody wants to talk to you about it, be there to listen and try not to ask too many questions, try not to be too intrusive because they're sharing with you what they feel they can. And once you interrupt them and their story and start questioning, then they, you know, it can cause them to become defensive and not feel as if they're in a safe place. So sometimes you just have to allow that person to lead and see what they want and see what they need. And everybody doesn't want they don't everybody doesn't want to go to a therapist. Everybody doesn't want to continue to talk about it. Even, even some people that I see that have had um, you know, been abused and beaten and, you know, sexual abuse, everything, sometimes they'll say it, they'll mention it and then they'll say, I don't want to talk about that though. And you have to allow them the time and the space to talk about it when they're ready. So just because somebody tells you, yeah, this has happened to me, doesn't mean they want to talk about it right then. So give them the space and pretty much let them know, I hear you, I understand, whenever you're ready, I'm here, and and really be there for them. Don't, you know, don't just say I'm here and then they call you or see you and they want to talk about it and you're like, oh, I want to talk about that, you know. So it's just it's just about being there for the person in the beginning. And if it's something too heavy that you feel you can't handle or you feel that they need something extra, then ask them to reach out to a professional to get them some some assistance and someone to talk to that's uh, that can you know can guide them a little better and get them to where they need to be. Oh yeah. Now uh, before I pass the mic uh, to Dwayne, we got another caller that want to jump in. Caller in the four zero four nine nine three. You're on the air. Who is this? Yo, Tiger, what's going on, man? Hey, who is this? Come on. Okay, we you're having a hard time hearing you, sir. Uh, could you repeat that? The mind, James. Oh, the mind. How you doing, James? Good. Good. What's up with you, man? We're doing well. Just doing a show. We're gonna have you on in November. Okay. Okay, that's cool. Oh yeah. Good, good. Now, uh, what would you like to say about the topic we have? I caught the tail end of it, but <clears throat> if you've been noticing, I've saw I've read an article on the same thing that happened to a um, uh, a black female in the army, <clears throat> where she reported that uh, she was uh, sexually uh, abused by or raped in in a um, in an um, army camp. And they found her dead. They said she killed herself, but they found her dead with a gunshot wound in her 
in the back of her head and a blood trail or something that I was reading an article just yesterday about how this, this female came out forward and said that she was raped. And when she took it to the proper authorities, she ended up dead. And, uh, and on her, on her picture, they said, they want you to make you think that I killed myself through suicide, but I actually, but I actually got shot in the back of my head and, and, and it was something else. But next time I see that article, I'm going to post, I'm going to tag you in it. So you can read it, but just just knowing from experience, and a lot of um, a lot of my friends and family and brothers and sisters went in the military, and a lot of them exit early because they saw like certain behaviors, like when they're in foreign countries, <clears throat> a lot of the females do get raped. A lot of the people in different countries do get raped, but they don't mm-hmm. do nothing about it. They <clears throat> excuse me, the government doesn't do much about it because. They'll put, you know, if you if you come out and speak out against it, then you're against of what they're doing. And you're going against you're going against them. And I understand why people don't come out and say, "Hey, I got this happened to me on this day at this place," and I told my commander, and he told me to sweep it under the rug, mm-hmm. you know, or, or something like that. I grew up in Paris Island, so I grew up on a Marine base. My brother used to go there all the time, so. I mean, rape stories were always coming out of Paris Island. And they just they they swept them under the rug. At one point, they had like 50 cases a month of girls reporting that they've been raped. But there was nothing being done about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so you see it. You see it constantly. You hear it constantly. And, you know, that's and, and these people are supposed to be the people that are trying to protect the country, but you're not protecting them. You're not protecting their rights as as uh, as human beings and as they write to say, hey, this guy just raped me. And for me to sweep it under the rug and continue on my day like nothing happened, you just violated somebody. How does somebody supposed mm-hmm. to live when you just violated them and they got to continue to work with you? Right, work beside you every day. That, that that's a lot. That's a lot to ask somebody. That's like that's like somebody like I always say. That's like somebody like coming in your house, you know, raping your wife or girlfriend in front of you, and you're supposed to be comfortable with that. No, you you do something about it. You say something, and you take it to the proper authorities. If they don't do nothing, you keep pushing it. So, but unfortunately, this one girl who who was in the military, she ended up dead, and because she reported it and kept pushing and pushing. Instead of them dealing with the situation, they rather kill them. Yep. Mhm. Dwayne, uh, what, what would you like? To, uh... Oh, go ahead. I didn't my, mean to cut you off. My my oldest brother, my oldest brother was in the um, Saudi Arabia. He was over in Saudi Arabia when Clinton was in the chair, and 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 he he talked about like, man, when they went to certain places, all the guys did was just rape women. Just grab them, rape them, did what they wanted to do, and and at one point he was like, "Yo, are we in a war? Are we just are we just here to traumatize people? The ones that don't kill, we need even more scars on top of them. Not only that, we're tearing up their country, we're 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 forcing ourselves on their women who haven't scars. And during the year that was Bill Clinton was in in the office, I mean, it came out that more complaints of citizens being raped during that time was reportedly high." But of course, like our media, we keep it low, so 
because we always want that good, that good eye in the media. We always want to look good, but instead of us dealing with the issue of maybe our soldiers do go over there and do take things a, a lot further than what they should take it. And to, to, rape, to go over there to rape women and, and just because you're in a country that, where you don't have no laws or you think you don't, you, they don't care, that's pretty bad. Oh yeah, Dwayne. What would you like to uh, say about well, any of that? Uh, I, I I'm ex-military as well, as y'all all know. Um, I was in the Air Force. I didn't see it as prevalent as far as I haven't seen. I I I've seen men pretty much force uh, grope groping women, uh, and honestly, I got. Man, I got a little sister. I got a mama. I think everybody got a mama last I checked. You know what I mean? And I always remind people, you know what I mean? If that was your mother or that was, in, in my case, if that was my sister, you know, I'd break your arm if you put your hand on it. You you need to think about that. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes you like, uh, I'm sorry, um, I forgot her name, but you people need to speak up, and other men need to speak up. I have yes, yes. I, I have definitely. I probably prevented a few rapes. Uh, women drunk around us. Yeah, I mean us men, us uh, fellow airmen, and people looking like, well, is she passed out, or well, I'm about to go check on her in the room. Nah, bro, you're not. You're not about to go check on her. She told me she was going to go lay down. I got her. She's good. She ain't thrown up. You know what I mean? She's good. You know what I mean? I think I think that's a big thing that sometimes we as men have a hard time defining that line of, hey, I'm trying to be cool with the fellas or trying to do the right thing. And, and it, I, it bothers me, and, and it bothers me more now that I have three little girls you know what I mean? And that's why I've already, yeah, I've posted pictures of my daughter. She's in martial arts now. You know, she doesn't, I, she doesn't know why, but I'm not, I don't want to raise a victim. I'm not going to say I, I'm not going to because God has a way of proving you wrong, but I don't want to raise a victim. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 I talk to my child about people touching her inappropriately. I don't let my child go, go a whole lot of places that I'm not there. Uh, I can't can't account for everything that happens when she's not with me in Oklahoma or whatever the case may be. But while she's here, she's generally up under me. We we cool like that. It, it don't bother me. Um, but I think it's it, it the dialogue of talking to your children, having them understand when these authority figures are trying to you know take advantage of them. Let have them know. Hey, look. It's not okay for somebody to disrespect you and touch you in places that uh, that you know you're not supposed to be touched. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I've had this conversation with my daughter. She's eight now. I don't know how many times I've had it with her. You know, you she need. I, I, I try to drill it in her, and I hope that she understands. It's not okay for anybody to touch you in your private place. It's not okay mm-hmm. for anybody to ask you. To lift up your shirt or to look up under nobody looks up under your shirt. You can call me. Lexington ain't but fifteen minutes wide. Any which direction I can get I can get to you in fifteen minutes any anywhere I'm at at the most. Call me if somebody needs to look at something on you. 
You know what I mean? You, you, you know what? You know, I respect that. I like that, man. Um, there was an incident happened where a lady took her 14-year-old daughter to the hospital, and uh, they was trying to get her to come out the room and leave her daughter in there with the doctor. And um, and I, I read this story, and it's pretty deep, because you know they're trying to sterilize young black women. And, and so they tried to get the lady to leave the room and leave her 14 who's not old enough to make decisions for herself in the room. And he's like, and she fought them, and they tried to force out the room. She said, if, I, if I'm leaving, my daughter's leaving. You're not injecting her with anything that I don't know. You're not doing anything to her that I don't know. And even with my, I tell my wife, you know, you got to be careful of the things that these doctors put in, James. in your child. You got to James, look you sound a little muffled. Okay, you, I told her you gotta you you gotta look at the uh you gotta pay attention to the things that they're trying to do, and and these authority figures they they really don't care they really don't care all medicines is not good for people, and I tell her like look up the medicines or the shots that he's about to take that he and if I don't feel they safe he's not getting them, throw me in jail lock me up but I'm fighting my rights he's not getting them. Because there's no way you're going to try to sterilize my son, you know, and there's no way that you're going to put stuff in him that, that's going to make him. Um, some of the medicines cause aluminum in the brain. Some of the medicines that they give kids cause aluminum in the brain. And aluminum in the brain, how can you think with aluminum in your brain? Paint thinner. I mean, I'm like, that's that's just crazy. Yeah, like I said, I'm raised, I'm trying to still in mine and I and you know, it goes I mean all my family. I tell my, my little sister, I got a little sister that's seventeen, you know, you don't leave the house without enough money to get home, no matter where you go. If you need money, you call me. If you're going out to the movie, some little boy's gonna take you out, that's cool. Let me give you twenty dollars. Because when he tries to go too far, then you get in that Uber and you come on home. You got your money. You call a taxi you know, you, you have a way to get home. You never get left to put in a situation. I've seen, I've seen female, and and I say that men, we need to take out, take care of our women better. Some of y'all females need to take care of y'all female friends better. I've seen females get drunk at a party while I'm leaving her because she's looking, she's looking like a mess, a hot mess. I don't want to be seen with her looking like that. But you, everybody seen you, you brought her there. You got her in that shape. You know what I mean, or maybe not, but you didn't help. You didn't help prevent this situation. You know what I mean? Okay. Right. Yeah, now, 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 I want to, uh, another caller wants to uh, say something. Uh, James, DeMond, thank you. Uh, before we go to the next caller, uh, DeMond, is there anything you want to plug right quick? Yeah, you, you, you know what? A, a lot of men, you know, we as men, we, we say we need to take care of women, but you know what? A strong woman will follow a strong man. A strong woman will make a strong man stronger. And I keep telling people that. So, you know, in order for you, even and no, not, no matter what kind of relationship you're in, if you're strong and you can lead a woman in the right path and get her to follow you, that's, you're going to have a healthy relationship. If you can't lead, you know, then I see why a lot of these men put on dresses because that's, that's mostly uh, what they are. Definitely, James. Oh. The mind. Thank you. Uh, check out his single, 
I'm new on YouTube. Uh, and also check it out on the Blacktopia mobile app. Thank you for those for those the, the great words that you say, and I, I I appreciate it. Take care. We'll see you in November, and I uh, also keep calling and supporting. Until then, all right, I will. Definitely. All right, let's go to the next caller. Caller in the five eight six two one three. You're on the air. Who is this? Walter Perry Lee. Walter Perry Lee, how you doing? Let's go ahead and throw some claps on it for you. Yay, hey, how sir. you guys doing? Pretty good. Who's doing the show? Hey. Now, yeah, yeah. So go ahead. Now, Did you have anything uh, what you want you like to say to on the topic? Yeah, um, like you were saying, like we... We all need to be strong-willed. We all got to be hanging in there and stuff. For men and for women. And be supportive. Because that's one thing about that. what we need. We need to be supportive and, and look inside what we really feel instead of, you know, for who we are, but not what we are. Is this a rerun? Yes. I agree, Walter. Because I'm telling you, you I've been there and done that before, you know, and over the years, you know, when I was in relationships, you know, people used to, they never gave me a chance, and I got blamed for something that wasn't my fault until I found this out, you know what, I'm going to leave this to God and let and find that person what I'm looking for that that can make me more stronger and healthier. But we always had to be, but it's it's okay to be picky and and find out because we want we don't want to keep going to the same old repeats over and over again. You know, we got to get on and hang, you know and just be stronger not only for ourselves for ourselves and for others too. A good decent one. Oh yes. Okay. I understand. Whoa. Now, um, now when you said now, you know, because the topic is sexual assault, um, you said you got blamed for something you didn't do. Uh, yeah. Did you, uh, before did you elaborate on what 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 happened. Well, um, to me, it's always been like it wasn't. It's always been like okay, there were some women that what I was going through. And she blames me for thinking I was giving her a hard time. And it wasn't me, it was, but she's the one that twisted the words around. And I think that's the reason why, you know, like, you know, when I was on the job, I used to date someone on the job a long time ago. And that was my biggest mistake. I shouldn't even got involved with someone on the job. But mm-hmm. what happened, it made me feel stronger than seeing what she's, like, because nowadays, you know, I saw articles like this, you know, it's best just to walk away. Because, you know what, she was going to get me fired from my job. But guess who got fired? What? She did. For sexual assault? And, no. She wanted, um, accused yeah. me thinking like she wanted, um, she wanted... She just had. She was a woman that she just didn't had no remorse for everything. It's always be her. And yeah, so you're talking about um, relationship type stuff. Okay, we get right. it. Right, and I got accused um, of it. 
Yeah. I got accused of asking, you know, asking women out on a date and stuff. And mm-hmm. and and that's the reason why I kind of look at the body language and stuff and let and I always let people talk. I let people talk because I'd see right through that how full they really were. I got you. I got you. And that's why I keep walking away to so say, you know what? Me, I just want to say it feels like, and I think that's why I be writing all I got the time. You. I, I got need. you. Okay. Oh, yes. Well, definitely, Walter Perry Lee, we definitely understand. Thank you for your call. Uh, you know, we got to go ahead and go to the next caller. Walter, we appreciate you, and uh, thank you for sharing that. But the, the, the topic today was actually uh, sexual assault. Uh, that, too. I, so I understand to... that, too. Been there, done that, too. You've been there and done that? Yep. I would not I to understand what what people were, what people were going through with this situation like that. Oh. All righty. Well, thank you for calling. Okay. I'll see you soon. All right. All right. Thank you, James. We're going to take you out with a uh, – we're going to take you out with some silence. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Now, Dwayne Pierce, you were uh, saying something. You? Uh, I well, um, <laughs> no, it's just, I, I, <laughs> I was taken back by been there, done that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna put my phone on mute. <laughs> But no, I, I mean, just honestly, it's 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 amazing how many times I've seen people people you say uh, 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 people that say ah, that's my homegirl, that's my friend, or you know, what I mean, that's my people's. But when they're in a situation when they can't fend for themselves, then all of a sudden they're having to fend for themselves and they lose. Uh, uh, that that's always something that bothers me. But it, it's. Just like I say, as as a man, I've always found it important to, even if, like I say, even if I am attracted to you. Matter of fact, I think this is this is what it was. My first sergeant told this to me in the military: to prevent yourself from catching the rape. If you ain't had sex with her before, if she has a drink, just walk away. Because after that first drink, and no matter what gets said, if she wakes up in the morning and she changes her mind, you're going to jail. There, There's no fighting it. And so it's always stuck in the back of my head. You know, after that first drink, how, contro- how much in control are you really? Uh, I think that that, uh, that mentality for me just... It keeps me level-headed about what I'm doing in my own actions, and it also makes me aware of what others are doing around me. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I'm still kind of thrown off, but yeah, I. I, it, I think it goes into teaching on both sides for men and women. Like, for and like you said, you you were your first sergeant helped you because you know I was in the military as well, and. One of my first artists was actually a predator, and nobody was saying anything. And I'm, I was trying to rally the ones that I knew. I'm like, I took them to the place where you go 
like to the IG and all that stuff, and then they would they changed their mind. They wouldn't want to say anything. Like I held their hand. I was there. I could do everything but tell their story because it didn't happen to me. So I can't, you know, I couldn't say it because I did, it didn't happen to me. So I couldn't report things because, well, as you know, in the military, there's a protocol. I can't report for someone else. And even if I do, if they go to them and they don't say, yes, it happens, you know, it, and it was like a catch 22. And I, and I heard this story from at least three different women about our first sergeant at the time. And I, w- I was with him out in the field one time, and we all stayed in the room. I mean, we had cops, and it was a bare room. You know how military do. At least we were inside for a change. But we were inside, and it was just cops. And then everybody had left, and we were getting dressed and stuff because, you know, that's how we do. Everybody get dressed everywhere. You know, however it is, that's what you got to do. And then uh-huh. I was bending over, and the first sergeant was like, mm. And I stood up and looked at him. I said, excuse me, First Sergeant. And he looked at my face and he said, nothing. Nothing, you damn right. You mean say nothing. Because I, <laughs> I was real mean. Believe it or not, I was real mean. And I would cuss people out before I look at them. Like stuff would fly out of my face that people wouldn't even expect. So I don't know if he saw it coming or it was about to come. And not that you have to be mean for things not to happen to you because people who are predators and people that do things, they're going to try to do it regardless. And like you were saying um, about the girlfriends, like I I was the one that wouldn't drink. Like I'd be the designated driver. I'm the designated watcher. My thing is if you roll with me, girl, I was about to say something. I was about to say a bad word. If you roll with me, stick you riding back with me. We're not doing this going home with nobody, none of that. Like you want, that, you want to be with him, he need to come to your house or he pick you up from your house because that's where I'm dropping you off at because that's where I got you from. Ain't nobody playing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would be mad at me because I was the bad, the bad friend. I was the blocker. But whatever. That's right, girl. <laughs> Child. Stable friend. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Like, whatever. Unless they had it set up in, before they left because sometimes, you know, and they know they better tell me when they get in the car, hey, I got it set up. I'm leaving with so-and-so at the club. I'm going to say cool because guess what? You made that decision before you started drinking. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, that's, so that's what a lot of men, I don't think men realize, as, as, and I don't want to sh- shift the subject too much, yeah. but men, I don't think a lot of them realize, yeah, she was cool. She was. She seemed focused at when she was at the club and she was throwing them back, but things change. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. last minute, the they people people. Uh, well, I just remembered. I'm still trying to work it out with Tyrone, so maybe I shouldn't do this. Well, <laughs> right now you got you know Charles on you, and he wants it. So you right. you you put yourself in the position, and you put yourself. And I'm not. And 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 again, I'm not putting this on women. You know what I mean? Right. I, but that situation changed, but now you're both compromised in your judgment, mm-hmm. and you both lose because you're mentally scarred, and somebody's going to jail. Mm-hmm. You know? and so it, it's, uh, and and I wish sometimes you wish you could take alcohol out of the factor, but it's part of going out having a good time, you know. But. It just it is what it is. People need to be more aware and more educated, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree with that. We do need to be way more educated. And um, 
since we're all kind of talking about the news and situation, that's one thing I think will help the situation is being more educated. And um, mm-hmm. I'm no longer in the military, but I still work for the Department of Defense, and that's one thing that they are doing. is It's about educate, educating them. And like the brother was just saying, you know, somebody, I may say right now, yeah, you know, I'm going to go home with Johnny after, you know, the club, and then now I'm sitting there drinking. I changed my mind, but he's thinking one thing. You know, well, you said it, so it's okay now. So it's all about educating people to stand. One, no means no. Don't touch me means do not mm-hmm. touch me. Um, yes. If I'm unable to speak, that is not a yes. That is a no. So if you yes. say, hey, can I, can I get with you? And I mumble, and I don't say Jack, that is not a yes because I didn't say no. <laughs> that is an important right. no, you know, kind of situation. So I think um, another way to help the situation with sexual harassment and sexual assault is education, educating both sides acceptable, what is not acceptable, um, what's yes, what's no, um, all those type of scenarios kind of situations. You know, oh, yeah. it's, it's really funny because, all right, tomorrow, obviously, I'll go through and I'll do my little memes thing every Friday. I, I like to have fun. But anybody that I've ever tagged, I, I've always inboxed and said, hey, is this okay? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. my mentality. Adrian knows I, I've I, before I've tagged anybody. It's always, hey, I'm going to post this, and if and if it's too far, I'll send the meme so that they see what's going to be put up. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's a matter of respect. I, I don't know everybody that Adrian knows, uh, or or any. I mean, Latanya or whoever that I'm tagging in there. I don't want no problems being started. You know what I mean? So I generally, hey, are we cool with this? Is this front clear? Sometimes, what does it say, an ounce of prevention will prevent a, a, a pound of pain or something like that. But mm-hmm. it, it's just one of those things. I don't want to disrespect her, you know. I, 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 I wholeheartedly have the most, the, the utmost respect for Adrian. But I'm a clown on you. I'm going to have fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. But let me do it in a manner where we're both comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because somebody could easily view what I'm putting on on these memes as in your son in the group. Yes. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? At least when your son sees it, you can say, Hey, he's already, he's already checked with me and we're cool on that. You know what I mean? If he had a problem with it, he'd have gone in on you already. Cause you know, he can protect <laughs> his mama. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, but that's that good. That's... to show you, you know, the respect that you have. Because when you first inboxed me about that, I was like, no, that's fine. And then, like, I see, you know, you would tag other people, and I know you check with them too, but that just goes into the respect and you being educated on what it can appear as, you know. And as long as you check with that person, especially with it being in public, that could prepare us for what anything anybody else would say, like, Oh shoot, he going in on you because you know people try to instigate stuff, and but we already knew it was coming, so you know they can't say anything because like you, I mean you do you you're very considerate on on your uh, funny Friday memes before you talk junk about us, you ask permission, so <laughs> that's great. Yeah, definitely, and that's that's good, Dwayne. I want to also add my own experience with Funny Friday. Uh, you know, I um I, I've I've pissed off many people and and I, and I and I'm glad I'm hearing this because uh Daily. you know you check with people 
I uh, I now I don't tag people in memes like the way you do, but I sometimes if they post something, I'll make a comment under their thing, and it may not because sometimes I think I know the person better than I do, and then I don't, <laughs> and I'll end up offending them, <laughs> and they'll they'll call me to the carpet. So I I I, I stop doing that. Because uh, one uh, particular uh, woman, I don't know if y'all saw that she, you know, she does the the mime thing in the church, the praise worship stuff, and yeah. you know, I did a little mime joke, and she kind of her and her friends went in on me on that post, so I, I said I, I apologize, I apologized to her, and took it down, and you know, but yeah, that, that's what if the people in Blacktopia on Funny Friday, if y'all want to do what Dwayne's doing, check in with people, don't. I mean, you know, you see, you know, be, show respect to everybody in Blacktopia. Ask them if it's okay. I did do that with, with Latanya Reynolds uh, a, a couple of months ago <laughs> with, with a post. So yeah, so just do that. Just hit them up. Ask them, hey, I want to say this, and make sure they're in on it. You know, don't don't you know piss anybody off. You know, don't don't pull a J. I <laughs> don't get me wrong. Hell, I pissed off some uh, Wanda. God, I couldn't. Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But and I didn't direct that at her. Shit just happened. But it is. You just jumped in. Yeah. But I do, like I say, I I I do prefer to if I'm going to tag somebody, I want to keep it cool and have them understand. Make sure they're cool because we got one cat in there that looks like he's a celibacy. Celib. Uh, he he's suffering from celibacy, and he he, he kind of yeah. goes off from time to time. Um, but yeah, I know you know, who you're talking about because I complain about him all the time. <laughs> I know. Mm. Yeah, I know yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at, at least That's the symptoms are. You got a fan, Adrian. Yeah, you got hmm? a fan, Adrian. I said, Adrian, you got a fan. <laughs> it's Vicky's friend now. She talks to him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I stay away from them. Uh, all right, Jay, y'all need to get them back. Y'all talking about sexual assault. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. it's about time to close out anyway, so. Yeah, we're about to close this out. Uh, uh, Alicia Mel. Well, actually, let's, uh, Dwayne, is there anything you want to say right quick? No, nah, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all, Adrian. Uh, since I know you do work with mental health, maybe you're the right person to call me crazy. I don't always appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime, anytime. <laughs> Barbara, Barbara, is there anything you want to say mm-hmm. real quick? Um, we need to get our babies reading, and we need to protect our women instead of abusing them. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Alicia Melton, is there anything you want to plug right fast or say? They did a couple things. Just no, not really plug anything. Just thank you guys for having me on. I really enjoyed it. This interaction with you guys. Um, and keep doing what y'all do. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Thank you. You were the you were uh, the guest when Miss Marie Jones did her first show backlash in two years mm-hmm. ago. So yeah, good to have you back. It's been a while. And uh, Adrian Charleston, your last show for right now. Uh, what would you like you you yeah. to close us out? Oh, um. I mean, thank you. I'm just taking a much-needed break, get a breather, get my head on straight, and work on getting reorganizing my energy to get these Thursdays right because they just, you know, yeah, they just hit me hard. So, yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and I will uh, miss you. Can't wait for you to come back. 
And I know I'm gonna miss y'all too. I'm gonna be posting this stuff though. Okay. Oh yeah. Thank you. And uh and I also wanna say y'all come out to the Blacktopia Game and Greet Saturday, October twenty first at the Lucky Panda, twenty six ten Clemson Avenue. Alicia Melton will be there. I'll be hosting it. We're gonna have free food, we're gonna have some games, you can win some prizes, money, everybody's gonna be out there. Birdman, is there anything you wanna say? Y'all y'all finished or y'all done? I ain't got no more talk. <laughs> Mail me some chicken. Mail me some chicken. Nice. Ah, good night. I'm melting the best with you, Barbara. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> good night, y'all. Good night. Good night.